This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by EB Games. Support us by buying your video games at EB Games. Hey everyone, it's me, Marissa Roberto, and welcome to Vic's Basement. Shh, don't tell him I'm here playing his games right now. For this week's show, we've got a special treat for all of you. As many of you have already discovered, we have a new video series exclusively on EPN.TV called Now Loading, where some of our behind-the-scenes team gather to talk about anything and everything game-related. And we've now got an early audio access for next week's episode just for you. Hope you all enjoy it. Hey everyone, welcome to Now Loading. This week beside me I've got John Michael Soule, Alistair Brown, and Alyssa Harrison. And we're going to be answering some questions from viewers like you. So let's get straight into it. Andy Lau asks, Should gamers be worried that the pay-to-win model, which has become so prominent in mobile gaming, could possibly be adapted to console developers? I feel like it already has. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the Xbox One launched with yeah. a few games that did that. It's I feel happening. like it's, it's already caught on more than I'd like to see it happen. Um, but some companies do it right, I think, at the same time. There's a sort of fine balance between altering an experience and changing a game and changing the game for that person, like you know, a costume or a, whatever it may be. Aesthetic DLC and aesthetic sort of microtransactions are totally cool with me, but... It's when the gameplay is altered. I almost wonder if they're implemented. I feel like they've made the game around having them, and that's a problem, I think, for me. I'm a little too fearful. I don't trust developers enough. If you say, like, everyone's going to, like, Path of Exile, for example, I think did a great job. They have a completely free-to-play model, and it's all vanity items, and the game's pretty fun. Exactly. And Guild Wars. Guild Wars, you pay pay for the game, but... The microtransactions don't necessarily affect the game. They affect the game for the person. So again, it's an aura or it's a, a weapon enchantment or something that's cool to look at or cool for other people to look at, which is fine. They've got a lot of these fast track ones as yeah. well that just like unlock stuff in the game like me. And that's why I've been an issue, <laughs> at least for me. And but I mean like it's and there's ones that lock content behind you know, paywalls, which is not cool. And that, I think that's what most gamers are fearful of happening is having, you know, you buy a retail game that's $60 or a little bit more than that now, you know, and then you have to pay extra money yeah. right when you buy the game. And it's, I guess there's an argument that we already do that with DLC because DLC has become so prevalent over the well, last the, couple of years. Yeah, the day years. one DLC. The day it's one like DLC. A, a, DLC is, is ready on day one. Why is it not? Why is it not part of the game? Because I feel like the market says it doesn't have to be anymore and we'll pay for it But regardless. people keep buying this stuff. The problem is that it's as a precedent that the developers can keep getting away with it. And so, I mean, if you're a gamer and you're opposed to microtransactions, don't buy them. You know, that's how you, that's how you make a statement is you, you don't open up your wallet. They need to strike a right balance because obviously games, especially with the new generation, they're getting more and more costly to develop too. So, Alyssa, why do you think that it's become so prevalent in the past few years? Other than just to make money, like certainly developers... With the, with the consoles the or like yeah. the... Well, I think because, yeah, it is. They're more expensive. And, you know, when you look at the average, there's, you know, the big games that do sell. And, you know, the huge games are still selling. But I think, yeah, there there are a lot of smaller games that just aren't, you know, they're not getting the type of sales that you know, that kind of justify the costs and the production of it. So I don't know. I think it's like with any business, right, is once once the people who are getting the money 
once they see that people are willing to pay for something, they're going to push it as far as they can, right? So, I mean, I I absolutely detest that type, you know, play to win. I I refuse. If, you know, even when it started on, like, iPod games and, like, your iPhone, and I was like, wait, what? I'm like, I like what? Like, I have to pay real money yeah. for this? Like, it's absurd. So What I'm, really does it for me you know? is, like, the energy meter, the oh, infamous energy oh, meter. terrible. You can only yeah. play this game for five more turns, and then if if you want to play it again in the next like 60 minutes, you'll have to pay What's us. The one that yeah, came out that was terrible. The, the EA one that just came out that was terrible. Oh, Dungeon that. Keeper. Dungeon Keeper. Dungeon yeah. Keeper. Which had the big Brutal. timer in there. You could only yeah. play it for like five minutes and then you but, want to keep playing. You, there's no gameplay there though with a lot of those games, especially the mobile ones. They're terrible for that. There's no gameplay. It is yeah. Farmville. It is you are playing to wait to get more stuff to wait to get more stuff uh, the problem is farmville is for better or worse one of the most successful games i can i can think of in, in recent years and it's now, hard for develop way. yeah well there you go that's the thing like those trends do die down a bit that game is a perfect example of something that really worked for a certain amount of time but I'm People hopeful. Are tired of that I'm, hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful it's a trend and it's yeah. not going to last. Well, I think and these games won't be popular for, you know, too much longer. I mean, but EA, their last, their the most profitable game last year was like a Simpsons mobile game. To be honest, that was full of that. Out, yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I feel like it's only going to get more. I just, in terms of the amount of microtransactions, I think they're going to get worse. Yeah, um, definitely. But I feel like in terms of full price retail games. That won't last too long. I think, yeah, with the retail games, when they started with, um, like, NHL and uh, Madden, they had the online pass. So if you bought it new, the online pass was included. And then if you bought it used, you had to pay for the online pass. And that happened for about three years. And then people were so pissed off about it. And then they did take it away. So I think, like, the gamer community does have the ability when they're mad enough about something that, you know, they can say, like, we have a really, really big problem with the fact that you can't, you know, play online, which for sports games, like, that's why you get a sports game is to play online with your friends and that they're making you pay. And yeah, it was like 10 bucks, but just the fact that, like, the principle of it was that they were making you pay unless you bought it brand new, you know? And it was just like, they were trying to force this model on people that's like, all right, we don't want you buying used games. And People are like, no, we don't want that. We do want to still play used games. And it's not, it's just tr- being able to try it out too. Like it was such a strict, you know, either you buy it brand new or you don't get to play it online. Like there was no kind of in between where you get like a, you know, like a, a time to try it out and then go buy the game to get the full pass or something like that. So I think, you know, I think they are still listening to people when they're mad enough about something. Yeah. So, and look at you play. No one likes microtransactions. Like yeah. they're terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully. They, It'll take some when time. When gamers are vocal, yeah. things change. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. everyone hates microtransactions, though. There's well, some people who yeah. are okay with them. Like, I mean, if it doesn't impact your gameplay, you don't have to buy it. Yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't have to buy it personally. But I think it sets a precedent that if they are in the game, some people are buying them, they're just going to keep putting them in the games. And eventually, they're going to be locking content away in those microtransactions. Mm-hmm. And if the game is a full retail price, I have a big problem with that. I have a serious problem with that. And it makes Jackson really sad. And that's the main thing. Fair enough. There was one point I wanted to make about that very quickly. What's that? It's just the fact that at the end of the day, gaming and making games is a business. And someone like EA, who sees and vocally says, gamers want 
microtransactions. They're purely looking at the fact that people have paid for microtransactions. That really speaks volumes about their priorities. It's 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 what's making money, and because it's making money, therefore it's they, not going to go anywhere. They're accountable this is a business. to the shareholders. Yes, and that's who they're looking out for. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Matthews asks. Do you think that Call of Duty needs to take a few years off instead of churning out the same game over and over again? And should the same be done with sports games? Yes. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No. There's so much money being made. Why would they stop? No, I mean, they're not going to. That's the, they're, they're making so much money. It's like we just said. I mean, I mean these, com- these are the big companies doing these games. They're making tons of money I, every year. They franchise them. They know how to... They know how to drill them out every year, and they're they know exactly how many they're going to sell and how much money they're going to make off them, how much money to invest. I think in them. I think with Ghosts though, they, it was a bit surprising because they you know once uh, Grand Theft Auto had sold 100 million copies, and they're like, oh wait till wait till Ghost gets released, and it totally didn't come anywhere close, right? So I think they maybe that was a bit of a slap in the face for them to I, see as much as I declining like to sales. See that, the- problem for me is that when you see every month the, the top selling game yeah it's, it's still, ghosts it's still ghosts yeah, yeah. without and, fail and it's because you're right in the past few years they've declined i think ever since modern warfare 3 they started to decline mm-hmm. but it'll be a while before it becomes a point where they want to stop making them. exactly well it's it's still i mean it hits that market of just ca- you know people who only play Call of Duty. And is that a bad right? thing? It, it's not a bad thing, no, because it is. It's an easy game. You pick it up, you know, you play online with your friends. It's it's a social thing too, right? Where instead of hanging, And you know what you're gonna get. You know exactly what you're the gonna familiarity, get. Familiarity, right? I mean it's and it's a consumer if trend. They deliver a repetitive like experience. Yeah. They don't deliver a poor experience. It's no, usually they it's work, well made. Right? It's, the games work and, and they're still they're still fun for what they are, but again, it's like, some people want more from it and other people want what they're expecting. They want that same experience. There's a core set of players who play only Call of Duty. That is their game. They pick up game system, that's all they play on it. They'll buy the next one when it comes out. And like that's their that's their jam, and that's cool. I mean, there's a lot of people who are really into that. I mean, I'm not as into it as I used to be, but I yeah, mean, it worked for me for many know, years. I mean, exactly. for for and even Modern Warfare Two, I was I was all over Modern for, Warfare Two. For, for those gamers who are playing like Call of Duty, like that's all I play and that's all I want to play. Maybe they play Battlefield as well. They're probably playing Titanfall as well. But I mean, that's what they love to play. I mean, yeah, they want a new Call of Duty every year. Yeah, those that's players, what that's the what they look forward it. to. So I mean, it's there very is. True. There is something to say for that. I mean, the same with the Madden players. There's a lot of diehard Madden players. And if there was a year where you skipped Madden, they'd be pissed off. Yeah. And rightly so. I mean, they've come to expect it every year. Well, it should be noted that this year is the first year where Sledgehammer is joining in with Infinity Ward and Treyarch to add into a a three-year development cycle, whereas before Call of Duty was turned out every two years. So hopefully that means we're going to get some more innovation injected into each one. Do you think it'll really make a difference on what the game is or do you think it'll be the same same formula we know but the I, new face like it has been I feel like it has to because I feel like the only reason why why that would happen is if Activision sees the sales they sees the, they see they're dropping and despite the fact that they're incredible they don't want them to see them go down so they're like okay we need to spruce this up a bit but we can't we can't get rid of the one year the annualization of they're the franchise they're not going to take too many risks with Call of Duty they can't change it too much because people love what it is Exactly. I mean, the fans have come to expect exactly true. what a fast-paced shooter, you know, like they want their kill streaks. They want, 
you know, pure deathmatch. They want free-for-alls. So they if want you could make your own Call of Duty, what would you do to it? Well, I mean, I would make battle... I would put mechs in it. Yeah. How about that? Mm. There's a game that's I'm, just I like may have a game for you. And you know what? It's a good game. Yeah, yeah it's, really it's a great game. game. Yeah. It's a lot <laughs> of fun. But the rumor is that there might be some futuristic tinge to, the, to yeah, this year's Call of Duty. Heard that. It hasn't I'm, been announced yet. But I thought that was going to be the case with Black Ops 2, the way they marketed it. They, you know, they had the, a they little just, more of a futuristic yeah. tone. Yeah, and they, they made it sound like you'd have you know, branching story arcs and more interesting characters. Yeah. And I mean, it did sort of have that. But again, it was the same game. Yeah, and for better or worse, it was vehicles some vehicle good. combat, some tanks, some variety to how you jets. kill people would be nice. How about Call of Duty set in the Middle Ages? Ah. But, but, but would it sell? Would the focus groups approve? I know. I believe somebody that's called chivalry. <laughs> chivalry on Steam. <laughs> chivalry on Steam is as That'd close awesome, as I've yeah. seen to that. Yeah, it's but imagine, really cool game. imagine uh, Activision doing that. I'm sure they would. Turn up the yeah. the levels on that one. Yeah. I mean, as for the and as for the sports games, I I don't I don't see a need for the, a new title every year. I don't see it either. The point I make to people very often is the fact that these are sports simulators and they, they simulate a game that doesn't change from year to year. The the, the sport of hockey and, and basketball, it's going to be hockey and basketball regardless. So you know, NBA does things like the Michael Jordan mode or the the LeBron mode or something to sort of add to. A game they are formula they can't really do. Tiger Woods when they added the Masters in in Tiger Woods. Crammed full of new features every year. It's what new feature can we add this year? Exactly, and it doesn't tend to change the sport though. It's like Tiger Woods will do the Masters mode, right? You can't. People people know though. People know exactly. You're getting new rosters. You know, some they'll add a couple different modes for it. I feel like if they did a game every couple of years and waited for a real innovation and how we're going to change the core gameplay of football or how we're going to make you feel. Feel like you're really playing basketball even more so than we do how much would you pay to have like a roster update dlc twenty dollars that's well, thirty dollars less than they want to make I, each that's year. the funny thing <laughs> the development me, cost is a fraction of the price you change the player stats move the teams like how much would that's, that cost that's the to thing make that DLC? something like nhl you, you can play nhl 12 right now and if you connect to the internet it'll update your rosters to today's rosters so it begs the question and that's free right so it begs the question you know what did i get from 13 and 14 that they don't have and it's modes like you know what's the group mindset because a lot of yeah. a lot of people play those online and everyone moves on each year so if you were to play nhl 12 you might get updated rosters but you'll it's a You're barren wasteland with those people yeah it's true it's very yeah. true so imagine they don't give you the free the free roster update and say we're don't give them ideas on how to screw even more <laughs> <laughs> it's too late so we're out yeah anyway. i would rather those be dlc it's almost like you should have like a if core watching, Madden game or a core nhl game that you buy that's just nhl hockey or just madden football and it's as up to date or as full of features as you want it to be like that that makes perfect sense the games don't change from year I think to year. It's when, when you look at it, it's because the, the price, you know, goes down so fast on a sports game. It's basically once you open it, it's worth half the price. And in two months, it's a fraction of that price. So are they $70 games every single year? But in all you know? fairness, if that's the one game you buy each year, then absolutely. If you're going to put hundreds it's, of hours into of Madden. Of course, yeah. yeah. Then from a sheer value proposition, I and don't think that person totally has any are. problem. totally are. A lot of people like FIFA. It's the only game that they have. It's a FIFA game. Yeah, FIFA World. It's massive. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, If that's the thing is it's the same, same thing with Call of Duty. That's the only game. And the Call of Duty games, too, have a pretty long, you know, it's not like there's a new new one every year. It's like you can still play the, you the can older still play Modern ones. Modern Warfare, too. Yeah, you can yeah. still play Modern Warfare. Like Modern Warfare, you know, 
the original Modern Warfare now um, has obviously gone down a lot. But there's still people when Black Ops 2 came out that preferred to play Black Ops 1. So, you know, you can still play them for a while. I'd say with the sports games, it is definitely more of an annual thing because everybody does want to move on so fast for those ones. But again, it's the same with Call of Duty or the sports games. If those are the only games that you're playing, and out of all of the different genres of games, those two tend to be the ones where if someone's going to play one type of game, it's going to be one of those two, yeah, two I find right? Racers are it's, the same way. It's yeah, like, I have racing games and sports games, and that's it. It's yeah. like that's what they want from video games. That sort of experience. So, should they wait a few years every between each game? Probably. Will they? No. Probably Definitely not. not. They will. No. So, not good question, Jamie. Brian asks. It's sad to see studios like Irrational go away after making such great games. Are big budget games dying off? I don't think so. They're not dying no. off. They're going to become a little bit more niche, I think. I think you're going to see... The big maybe will get bigger? The big will get bigger and there'll be less of them. And they're going to be safer. I think you're yeah. going to see less evolutions and steps forward in gameplay. You're going to see small marginal steps I mean, there's a formula out there that's working really well that worked in The Last of Us that kind of works in the Uncharted games. The Last of Us is a good example because I feel like that's that's an example of showing people, showing investors, showing the big corporations. If you take a chance, you make a mature game, you make a really well-made game, people will respond to it's not necessarily the, the set of features you take off. It's the fact that you just made an incredible game. People will respond to that. And that's, that was a huge budget game. That wasn't a cheap game. Yeah, and, that, and, and, it was a, and it was a new IP. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that, that experience it was, it was safe, can't though. exist without that production value. Like the whole idea of making, like making The Last of Us for with a low budget, rather with less people, wouldn't be The Last of Us. It has to have that sort of luster. It has to uh, have that polish. Yeah, you know, and that you comes with not budget games. games. Yeah. They're really trying to rival a feature film in that respect. You know, it's it, the production values there, the writing is there, all the elements are there, and that's why it is what it is. It's one of the best creations in video game history. Well, I think uh, I think that's where it if lies. I am so bold. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I totally I totally agree, and I think The Last of Us really opened it up to you know for people to look at video games as you know works of art that can rival a movie or a book or any type of classic literature that you know people really connect with so I think with like going into the next generations we're starting to see now what they're capable of you know technically and the amount um just what they look like and the graphics and the gameplay and you know that sort of thing we can see that both systems have amazing potential you know as video games on that side but I think now you know, people need to be looking at the creative side of it and at, and having the production level there of really good writing and really good stories and understanding that, you know, you're, the people playing your games are smart and they're intelligent and they want some depth in their stories as well. So I think, I don't think, I don't think it's dead yet at all, big games, but... I definitely see the challenge, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, it is a but challenge. I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. That's I the feel, thing. I feel like the... it's. What's dying is the mid-budget games. Like, you look at the PS2 and the Xbox and that generation, games like Total Overdose and Whiplash and Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. Games that are, Oh, what a beauty. <laughs> Sphinx, I haven't thought of that game. Oh, but it's a great game. In years. But well, you'll never... <laughs> these games you, just, you won't see anymore because they're, just, yeah. they're in that mid-range where it's yeah. just, it doesn't need to sell a lot to make money, but developers don't think like that anymore because games yeah. cost so much to make and they need to sell so many yeah. copies to, to get above the above debt. So to see games like that these days, you have to go to the indie circle. Yeah. 
So it's I either like the contrast right you see now. your watchdogs and Journey. And not even that Journey was the smallest budget game. I'm sure it cost quite a bit to make. But, but that's a good example of a game that doesn't have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and, and huge teams of writers. And it tells a story and it achieves things that, yeah. you know, a lot of games set out to do that spend a lot more money and spend a lot more time than they did even. It's, it's, it's a fine line between production value and just, you know, a good experience. It doesn't necessarily translate, right? I think the hard part, though, for the mid-range games now is that people expect so much graphically, right? Because there are so many amazing looking games and, you know, they see a game that might be still a really good, decent game, but, you know, the money to put that kind of the polish on it visually that's really expensive to do right so people people aren't going to give the second look at it i think they're i mean if a game is good it doesn't matter about the graphics i mean i think the wii proved that i think plenty of games have proven that plenty of indie games have proven that it has a style though i think nintendo has a style look at minecraft that game has terrible graphics minecraft that that game's an an, like an anomaly well I, i don't know if it is i mean that game did something new. I mean, that was yeah. a completely yeah, I can't, original I can't even game. define what that game is. And people ask me, like, what is Minecraft? Like, I don't know. I've played it for hours, and I don't really know what to call it. It's a... I feel like Minecraft and games of... Papers, please. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Completely unique gameplay. But, you need the, but those games will never have trailers in front of movies. And they'll never be nope. what you see on TSN on like in the commercials for a football game. You need like the Watch Dogs and the Assassin's Creed because they're what drive the industry. They're what people get yeah. to buy the new P- PlayStation. No one's going to buy a PlayStation 4 for Papers, Please. I would uh, buy it. Not to take anything away from yeah. Papers, Please. For yeah. Papers, Please. Uh, it's, uh, gaming is kind of, you know, it's following in the vein of other creative mediums like film, for example, where there's always going to be the, the high budget sort of popcorn film that you really enjoy seeing with your buddies that's, you know, uh, easy on your brain and whatever, easy on the eyes. But then there will always be that artistic community that writes you know movies that you couldn't even imagine very very unique sort of risky you know the, the kind of stuff that a big studio wouldn't give you money for basically I think so games are doing the same thing now sony and microsoft are smart though they understand that they need software to sell their new consoles they need to push the envelope graphically and microsoft bought a ton of new developers and sony already has a ton of original ips you know and so they're cranking out their own stuff and it yeah, it'll be trickling out this year and the next couple of years. But, I mean, they're investing in their own consoles, and they know they have to do that to to sell these consoles, to sell the software, you know, yeah. and feed into themselves, yeah. basically. I don't think big-budget games are going away, but they might become more few and far between. I think you Definitely might you agree. might get to a day where you see only the only people publishing these big games are... Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, I guess, if they're still making consoles. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a great question. That's all the time we have for this week. We'll see you next time on Now Loading. Hey, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed Now Loading. For more episodes and to find out how to follow the hosts, be sure to check out EPN.TV. We'll be back next week with an all-new Vic's Basement for you guys. Thanks for listening.